Dr. Jones, and this is Take Back Your Country. I want to talk today about an institution which is a disgraceful part of the Australian electoral system, and that is electoral fraud. It is an intrinsic part of the Australian electoral system, and in many ways, I suspect, deliberately so. This emerged very much so during the same-sex plebiscite. That plebiscite was run by the Bureau of Statistics, relying on the roles provided by the Australian Electoral Commission. During the course of that plebiscite, the Bureau of Statistics received about a quarter of a million envelopes marked return to sender. Now, that, that probably indicated that there were many more that went astray, went to places which weren't picked up because the name of the person referred to a, a name of a person which was just not at that address. But a quarter of a million came back to the Bureau of Statistics. And what did they do with them? Unbelievably, they destroyed them. Now, that suggests to me that they would have first checked with the Electoral Commission. And the Electoral Commission no doubt said, oh, get rid of them, we don't want them back. You would have thought that the Electoral Commission would have wanted them because they could have then cleansed the rolls. Instead, we had the 2019 election, which followed not that long after, in which those names were still on the roll. And people could have voted in those names if they were there for any illegitimate reason. You may ask, how do I know that uh, the Bureau of Statistics asked the Electoral Commission? I think that's obvious from the fact that when those records, those quarter of a million envelopes were destroyed, there was no objection by the Electoral Commission. Had they been upset about this, had they wanted them back, they would have been outraged and we would have heard about it. But nothing happened. The federal government has introduced legislation into the parliament to provide for identification, the production of an ID the sort of thing that you would take to the post office if you were picking up a parcel. What you might need, for example, if you were going to make a significant withdrawal on a credit card, ID. There are members of parliament, Green and Labour, who are saying that this is designed and will only stop the indigenous people from voting. This is a tremendous insult to the indigenous people. It could not be genuinely believed. The indigenous people are well aware and well used to having identification because they too, like everybody else, drive cars, pick up parcels from the post office, access QR codes, try to access government services and the like, for all of which you need identification. But that bill is being held up in the parliament and it may not be passed before the election. It is recommended by the Joint Committee on Electoral Affairs 
and it should be passed because this is very important. And what also should happen is that there should be a way in which once your name is struck off, that name is struck off everywhere in Australia and across the world. The idea that it's ruled off in pencil and that one is able to go to a number of places in your electorate and vote more than once is an obvious, serious loophole. During the 80s, the Hawke government stating that they wanted to make it easier to vote, although I was not aware of anybody complaining that it was in any way difficult to vote. The whole government did away with the old requirement. Under that old requirement, you had to vote in your subdivision. I had to go to a nearby school hall and vote there. I couldn't vote in any other place in my electorate. Now I can vote in about 50 places in the electorate. I don't need that. And obviously, the only way to control that is by having an electronic role so that once I vote, my name is struck off. If somebody else has already voted in my name, I would have to lodge what is called a declaration vote. But multiple voting is only one of the ways in which electoral fraud is committed in Australia. And it's not the most serious. We've had for long a tradition of voting for someone else, particularly the dead. A friend of mine who was working in one of the big unions many years ago used to wonder why when he came into the office in the mornings, the receptionist was cutting up the last page of the Sydney Morning Herald. He asked her, what are you doing? And she said, I cannot tell you. Subsequently found out that she was cutting up the death notices and that on election day, various people would be sent out to particular electorates, marginal electorates, and they would vote in the names of the recently deceased who were still on the roll. Obviously, we need to see that the rolls are clean. We used to have habitation reviews. An official would come around and check on the people who are registered as living in a particular house. And you had examples where the electoral official would come to a house and check on the names of the people living there. There would certainly be the, uh, the husband and wife probably and family living there. But then the, the electoral official would say, well, what about these 13 other people living in your house? And the people living in the house would say, what 13 other people? There are only four of us here, ourselves and our two children. This is an obvious breach of the electoral role provisions, which should be looked at and followed. The worst part, probably the greatest leakage, are fake enrollments. That is enrollments of people who may not exist. And this is done during the period between the calling of the election and the week later, when the rolls have to be closed. John Howard tried to stop that. He passed legislation requiring that the rolls be closed as soon as the election was called. The High Court bent over backwards to hear two delinquent people 
delinquent in that they were in breach of the electoral law, having not bothered to enrol, having not bothered to give their change of address to the Electoral Commission. The High Court bent over backwards to hear their case over two days and on the third days issued a or announced a decision saying that this was unconstitutional and then delayed giving their reasons for this, the election being in August, they delayed until Christmas, almost Christmas, and then released their reasons, which probably not many people noticed because it was Christmas. It was a 4-3 decision and when you look at the majority decision, it's very hard to see where in the constitution there is a provision that a parliament cannot order the closing of the rolls on the day the election is called. But that fake enrolment is enormous. An enormous number of new enrolments are made. It's very easy to enroll. And this is something else which ought to be tidied up. You just sign a piece of paper in front of another person who claims to be an elector. You put in some details. This has never changed. Impossible to check in that week. And after that case, it was the Get Up case, because it was brought up by Get Up against John Hard. As a result of that decision, Get Up boasted that they got 100,000 extra people onto the rolls. Given that in some electorates, marginal electorates, seats have been won by just 16 votes or a small number of votes. A number of fraudulent enrolments could easily change the result from what the people intended to a result which only the fraudsters want. And that's not all, apart from those three ways in which votes are registered, which are not real votes and destroy the integrity of the electorate. The secret ballot, the idea, the the Australian invention, in America it's called the Australian ballot, the idea that voting should be secret has been significantly weakened through postal ballots which are given for, for not the reason set out in the legislation and those reasons should be tightened. And the other thing is the extension of the election period. The election should be held on one day, it should be a camera shot of the opinion of the nation on a particular day, the idea of stretching it out over an extended period means that a lot of people vote before all of the case for the election of a government or the opposition has not really been made out. The other matter is what can only be described as a big lie. The big lie is said to be something so patently outrageous that it could only be true. It, it, it is just so unacceptable. If it were false, it would be such an outrageous thing that it would have to be true, the big lie. And the big lie is there is very little fraud in Australia. There is an enormous amount of fraud. It is an intrinsic part of the Australian election system. And this is exacerbated, made worse by the fact that if you suspect that there is fraud in a given electorate, you've only got 40 days in which to bring a case, to assemble all the evidence and to bring that case. We desperately need 
electoral ombudsman, somebody of obviously great virtue and great experience who can deal with complaints quickly and resolve them very quickly. Going to court is too slow, except it seems when you're, you've got get up and uh, you want to stop the closing of the roll on the same day as the announcement of the election. Now these are serious issues. In a democracy, an election should be something everybody should be entitled to rely on. The electoral system depends on both winners and particularly losers having faith and belief in the electoral system. You can't believe in the present electoral system because it is so open to fraud. And as Mr. Justice Thomas, who's the black judge on the American Supreme Court says, you don't even have to prove fraud. Just the fact that fraud is possible undermines the system. You must close all of these gaps so that people can have confidence in the system. And that's what we need. We need to have confidence in the system. We need a system in which there is true integrity. I'm David Flint, and this is Take Back Your Country. Thank you. Thank you.